You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I'm Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, the Lori Student Center will be closed and without power for most of winter break. Find out why and more in Campus News with Tyler. And this weekend was the first taste of a new partnership between the City of Fort Collins and the Colorado High School Activities Association. Learn what the partnership could bring to the city long term with Lee and Local News. Then there are a handful of unique events coming up in town. Tyler will go will give you the rundown in events news. Later on in the broadcast, the Israel-Hamas war saw some major developments over the weekend in Gaza. Learn what that means for us at home and more in national news with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. From December 16th to January 12th, the Lori Student Center will be going in electrical upgrade to the building. The building's main transformer will be replaced over winter break, which will cause power outages. Also, due to the building's age, the LSC will have much of its electrical system redone. If you're planning on visiting the Lori Student Center over break, please be aware that the power outages could be happening when you visit. The Lori Student Center Executive Director Mike Ellis said that there are no good times to schedule a power outage at the Lori Student Center. The areas impacted the most will be the third floor of the LSC, the food court, Ram card offices, Ram tech offices, and there will be limited access to enter the building on the north side. The bookstore, however, is planning on remaining open for much of the break. This past Tuesday was the Rams Against Hunger event that encouraged to donate some of their meal swipes. The event was part of Giving Tuesday and aimed to help students with food insecurities. The Rams Against Hunger organization received more than 10,300 meal swipes donated to them. Coming up next is Lee, who will give you a rundown of your local news. Find out who the city of Fort Collins is partnering, partnering with up next. In local news, This weekend was something to look forward to or either to just prepare for for some Fort Collins residents and business owners. For the first time, Fort Collins held the state high school football championship finals at CSU last weekend. This comes after years of the championships being played in Denver. The Colorado High School Activities Association, or CHASA, announced its historic partnership with CSU earlier this year. Since then, locals have been gearing up for the surge of visitors the games would bring, both in excitement and in anticipation. According to CBS News, business owners in Fort Collins mostly celebrated the announcement. Local hotels and restaurants were expecting a boom in business for Saturday. Game days at CSU in general are a familiar busy time, but the historic arrival of the Chassa Championships comes with some unique business opportunities. High schoolers and their families could be checking out Fort Collins for the first time, so these new opportunities could feel extra valuable for local business owners. Nick Doyle owns a restaurant and bar near campus called Nick's. He said he was looking forward to opening up for the game's visitors. Doyle said he was hoping for some extra business, but also hoped that the visiting families would enjoy the city itself and eventually come back. On the other side of campus, another local restaurant was gearing up for the rush. Robert McDougall is the general manager of the Jim's Wings Chicken Joint. He said the championship games had him preparing for a lot of new faces. McDougall said the decision to bring the games to Fort Collins was a cool one, but he was also preparing for the volume of traffic. He said, quote, it does help with business, but it gets really congested around here. 
On regular CSU game days, the whole city feels an uptick in traffic and congestion with a new set of yearly football games now expected to happen in Fort Collins that could be seen as either an exciting thing or not. Either way, through the lens of long-term business, local owners are mostly excited about the new tradition, according to CBS News. Even though only a couple teams left with wins on Saturday, some say this weekend also marked a win for Fort Collins itself, and that the partnership with Chassa could mean a years-long chance to showcase the community. In 2020, Karen Garner, a 76-year-old woman suffering from dementia, was forcibly arrested by Loveland Police. Her arrest triggered a series of changes in the department, including district-wide protocols. She was 73 during her encounter with police, and as of last week at 76, Garner has died. Over the weekend, her family and local advocates gathered for her memorial and celebration of life. Garner's family said she had passed peacefully last Monday with complications from dementia. Her family said the illness was made worse after her violent arrest three years ago. Despite her story making national news, sparking a call for change and justice, her family said they hoped she could be remembered more for who she was. In an online post from Garner's daughter-in-law, Shannon Stewart, she wrote that Garner was, quote, a vibrant, creative woman who loved life and enjoyed the simplicity of taking a walk and picking wildflowers. On the day police stopped Garner, she was doing just that. According to the Coloradoan, she was picking flowers on the side of the road while walking home. The officer was investigating a reported petty theft. Garner's dementia made it hard for her to understand what the officer was saying, and after she was forcibly arrested, she was left with a broken arm and dislocated shoulder, according to her family. They said she was also left with PTSD and that she wasn't the same since the encounter. Following a lawsuit against the department in 2021, four officers resigned, with one in prison for five years on second-degree assault. And multiple investigations led to changes countywide in an attempt to rebuild community trust. Last Wednesday, Garner's family thanked those who showed support or fought for justice in the investigation. Her family held her celebration of life on Sunday in Loveland. The memorial was hosted by Loveland Justice League, which was a group started by locals to advocate for change after her arrest. The event was open to all, and in honor of dementia awareness, attendees wore purple. In her obituary, Garner's family said they hoped that the wave of advocacy and accountability will continue through the community. My name is Lee Zimpel, and those were your local news updates. Up next, Tyler will come back from the break with a rundown of some upcoming events.
Support comes from Chipper's Lanes at 830 North. Chipper's Lanes offers a variety of fun, including bowling, laser tag, live music, and more. They also offer a full restaurant and bar to elevate your night. For more information, visit chipperslanes.com. Again, that is chipperslanes.com. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax with some upcoming local events. Coming up tomorrow, just down the road from Fort Collins, is the Wildlife Window Nature Series with Kevin Cook. The show will be the last episode of the year, and this event will feature Colorado's iconic wildlife. The show tomorrow morning will last from 10 to 11 a.m. at the Loveland Public Library. If you're looking to party, head over to the Aggie Theater tomorrow night, where there will be a range of DJs spinning for a great night of fun. Hamdi, a DJ who creates dubstep and other types of electronic dance music, will be there performing tomorrow night. Alongside him is Jules, Dogen, and Alamey. The show starts tomorrow night at 8 p.m. at the Aggie. And Thursday night at the Lincoln Center is the holiday classic The Nutcracker being performed. The Canyon Concert Ballet will perform the classic story, and the Fort Collins Symphony will provide the live music. You can catch this show Thursday night at the Lincoln Center starting at 7 p.m. Stay tuned as Lee will be giving you some of your national news, going over some major developments with the war between Israel and Hamas. Hey, this is Brian from Weatherbox, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU. And we are back with national news. Early Friday, Israel resumed airstrikes in Gaza after the collapse of a ceasefire deal. By mid-afternoon, Israel launched 200 airstrikes across southern Gaza, bombing the south's two biggest cities where Palestinians fled for shelter. While it lasted, the truce allowed the release of over 100 hostages by Hamas and nearly 250 Palestinians from Israeli jails. According to NPR, both Israel and Hamas are saying the breakdown of peace came from the other side. Before the ceasefire ended, Israel was facing international pressure to maintain peace. Mediators were pushing for Israel to avoid repeating the devastating bombardment of northern Gaza and spare the south. On Sunday, Israel's military said it would hit southern Gaza with, quote, no less strength than the North saw. Over the weekend, Israel's ground offensive grew to every part of the Gaza Strip as its military ordered more evacuations. But displaced Palestinians are running out of places to go. Director of the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, Thomas White, said that another wave of displacement was coming and that, quote, the humanitarian situation worsens by the hour. 
Since the Hamas-led attack on October 7th that killed roughly 1,200 in Israel, most of them being civilians, the Gazan Health, the Gazan Health Ministry said its death toll passed over 15,500. That number includes both civilian and combatant deaths. Excuse me, combatant deaths. According to the ministry, 70% of the death toll is made up of women and children. Israel says their target is Hamas and that Hamas operates in residential neighborhoods. Israel reported that at least 81 of its soldiers have died. Israeli negotiators were called back home over the weekend, ending hope for another temporary truce as of now. Hamas said talks on releasing more of its hostages won't begin unless it's tied to a permanent ceasefire. Meanwhile, mediators of the earlier ceasefire, including Qatar, Egypt, and the United States, say they are working on a longer truce. Information for this update comes from the Associated Press. As expected, the case trying to bar former President Donald Trump from Colorado's 2022 or 2024 presidential ballot has moved up the state's highest court. This comes after Judge Sarah B. Wallace's ruling in Denver last month. She ruled the insurrection argument brought by prosecutors did not apply to the presidency. After the ruling, the case was quickly appealed, sending it to the state Supreme Court. Prosecutors are using a section of the 14th Amendment that says those who engage in insurrection after taking an oath to support the Constitution cannot hold office. The section is rarely used, and critics and supporters debate what it can actually apply to. The debate also circles around power. Critics of the lawsuit say the case itself is unconstitutional because it limits voter choice. They also say it would set a new precedent for presidential requirements. Supporters say Trump's baseless denial of the 2020 election results are a reflection of a, quote, lust for power, and that the insurrection targeted American democracy in an unprecedented way. According to the Colorado Newsline, the Colorado Supreme Court is set to hear two hours of arguments this week on Wednesday afternoon. It is expected, though, that the case will end up moving up again to be settled by the U.S. Supreme Court. Former Congressman George Santos is fresh off his historic expulsion last week, and now he has a new gig. Now Santos is charging up to $200 for personalized videos on Cameo, which is a site that lets the public pay for personalized messages from recognized figures. Screenshots of his account started spreading across the web Monday morning. Santos's bio labeled himself as a, quote, former congressional icon. By the afternoon, people were sharing clips of Santos offering advice, blowing kisses, and making jokes about Botox. And a handful of lawmakers were also behind the spreading of some clips. In one clip shared by Nebraska State Senator Megan Hunt, Santos said while he could be booted out of Congress, they couldn't take away his, quote, good humor or his personality. Last week, Santos was expelled from the House after a barrage of scandals were revealed during his tenure. Reporters say he lied about multiple parts of his background. He claimed he had Jewish ties and falsely boasted an impressive career and education. Then, Santos was accused of stealing the identities of donors using credit cards for tens of thousands of dollars in personal and unauthorized charges. His cameo gig and seemingly high spirits are the newest bizarre turn for Santos. At one point, he was seen as an up-and-coming Republican who flipped a district in New York, but his resume quickly unraveled in a historic way. According to the Associated Press, Santos is now only the sixth member in the chamber's history to be pushed out by colleagues. He now faces a looming criminal trial set for next year, and he's pleaded not guilty. 
For now, that'll be it for national news. Up next is the CSU Sports Report, which will be brought to you by Caleb Allen after the break. Silent G, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Hi, I'm Caleb Allen, Sports Director at KCSU, and here's what's going on this week in sports. CSU men's basketball finished last week with an 86-81 final against Washington in Las Vegas. The Rams were shorthanded after losing Neek Clifford early in the contest for a questionable call on a collision. Joel Scott led the way with 17 points and 8 rebounds. Isaiah Stevens was awarded Mountain West Player of the Week for the second consecutive week after scoring 32 points and 16 assists between their two contests last week. The Rams now rank 12th in the coaches poll and 13th in the AP poll. They return home on Wednesday for a game with Denver at 7 p.m. before hosting St. Mary's at 4.30 on Saturday. CSU women's basketball remains undefeated after knocking off UTEP last Thursday. The Rams finished the contest with a final score of 66-59. They trailed by as many as 13 points before closing out the minors. Hannah Ronzek set a new career high in points with 25. They return home tonight with a matchup with High Point at 6.30 p.m. before hitting the road to Missoula for a matchup with the Grizzlies on Saturday at 7 p.m. Colorado State is one of four teams in the country with both men's and women's basketball undefeated. CSU Swim and Dive participated in the Hawkeye Invitational. Lexi Tritely won the 100 freestyle on the final day. She lowered her third best time in the event by .03 seconds and posting a 49.76, the second best time in the Mountain West this season. CSU Track and Field competed in Golden for the Mines Alumni Classic. Thrower Maya Lesnar broke the school record for indoor women's shot put. It is also the longest shot put throw in the NCAA this season. She finished with another top finish in the women's weight throw. Sophomore Tyler Caldwell tied the school record for the men's indoor 60-meter dash with a time of 6.63 seconds. CU men's ice hockey hosted Colorado on Friday night, which ended in a 4-2 win for the Rams. They finished the weekend in Boulder with a 5-3 loss on Saturday. I'm Caleb Allen, and that's what's been going on this week in sports. This weekend, the wind got a little strong at some points, especially during the evenings. Hopefully you were able to stay warm if you happen to be out there during some of those crazy winds. Luckily, it's looking a little calmer out so far. The week started off fairly sunny and warm. We'll get a break from harsh wind for a couple days, but they could make a brief comeback later in the week. For now, we can just focus on the little slice of warmth and calmness that we will see for a couple days. Today's high peaked at about 56 degrees. There weren't many clouds in the sky, and the sun was feeling fairly warm. The breeze was noticeable but not powerful. Tonight, the sky will stay pretty clear. Those high nighttime winds from the weekend won't make a comeback until later this week. So for now, we should see a relatively still night as temperatures ride a low of 30. Tomorrow tomorrow will be the warmest day of the week. By far, Wednesday will warm to a high of about 61 degrees. The breeze might make it feel a little colder, but in general, the wind will feel light and scattered. 
The sun will definitely be shining, so you can expect to feel warm if you aren't under shade. Wednesday night, we'll see another low of 30. Throughout the night, you might notice some increasing clouds, but it should stay clear out there in terms of snow showers. Then after tomorrow, you can gear up for the return of some harsh winds. Thursday, it'll reach a high of 60 degrees. It'll start out a little cloudy, but as the day moves forward, the sky will clear up. We should see a good amount of sun, but the wind will definitely impact how warm it truly feels out there. It could pick up to as high as 26 miles an hour. Those winds will carry over into Thursday evening. The night will be partly cloudy and blustery. Temperatures will drop to a low of 27. We'll go over the rest of the week's weather forecast in the next episode of Rocky Mountain Review, which will be this Thursday at 4 p.m. All information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.